and welcome back to OT Talk with Mr. T. Occupational therapy talk or on-target talk or overtime talk, whatever you want OT to stand for for you. But this is a show where we talk how to live occupationally through the lens of an occupational therapist, living more functionally, more independently, more occupationally with different tips, tools, advice, and different discussions from my own private life, especially on this season four of OT Talk. We're actually talking, continuing, what is occupation? What does it mean to live occupationally? Of course, it would have been better to mention this in the beginning, but better late than ever, so we wanted to bring it to you here from the OTPF, the Wonderful Occupational Therapy Practice Framework, the document from the American Occupational Therapy Association published in the American Journal of Occupational Therapy in August, this past August of 2020. We talked about the medical dictionary definition of what an occupational life is. What does it mean to live occupationally? It means pertaining to the skills a person needs to live independently and to carry on a desired lifestyle. We talked about how the OTPF explains that occupational therapy itself is defined as the therapeutic use of everyday life occupations with persons, groups, or populations, which is considered the client for the purpose of enhancing or enabling participation. And we also mentioned from the WFLT, the World Federation of Occupational Therapy, that in occupational therapy, occupations refer to the everyday activities that people do as individuals in families and with communities to occupy time and bring meaning and purpose to life. Occupations include things people need to do, want to do, and are expected to do. And there are a broad range of occupations delineated, explained, categorized by the Occupational Therapy Practice Framework. We talked about them, but now we're going to touch on each category a little more deeply. Activities of daily living, those ADLs. Instrumental activities of daily living, those IADLs. Health management, rest and sleep, education, work, play, leisure, and social participation. We're going to look at examples of each of those aspects to each of those ideas of areas of occupation which in each of these nine broad categories of occupation are many specific occupation we're gonna we can't give an we can't give every single little example under the sun obviously but we'll look at the categories and we'll give some general ideas as delineated by the table in the otpf so what are activities of daily living these are activities oriented towards taking care of one's own body and completed on a routine basis, adapted from Rogers and Holm in 1994. So these are things like bathing, showering, toileting, toileting hygiene, dressing, eating, swallowing, feeding, functional mobility, moving from one place to another, and transfers, personal hygiene, and relationship activity, being involved in aspects of relationship, obviously between spouses and the like. So those are ADLs, the activities of daily living, the basic ones, the personal ones that happen on a daily basis related to one's own body on a routine basis it happens. Instrumental activities of daily living, these are the things I like to think about that they're not pertaining to your body, but they are very closely tied into your life, things that are done on a very often basis involved in the aspects around you so it's like the house and the and the pets and taking care of the kids things like that so the instrumental activities of daily living are like the care of others care of pets and animals child rearing communication management driving community mobility getting around the community financial management 
home establishment and management, including, you know, cleaning up and doing dishes, including doing the floors and including doing laundry, meal preparation and cleanup, religious and spiritual expression, safety and emergency maintenance and shopping are just some examples of instrumental activities of daily living. Then we look at health management, activities related to developing, managing, and maintaining health and wellness routines, including self-management with the goal of improving or maintaining health, excuse me, to support participation in other occupations. Then we look at social and emotional health promotion and maintenance, excuse me, symptom and condition management, communication with the healthcare system, medication management, physical activity, nutrition management, and personal care device management like contact lenses. Then we think about rest and sleep. These are activities related to obtaining restorative rest and sleep to support healthy, active engagement in other occupations. Rest is seen as relaxing and engaging in quiet and effortless actions. Sleep preparation and sleep participation. And then we think about education. These are activities that are needed for learning and participating in the educational environment, but it involves formal educational participation, informal personal education needs or interests exploration beyond formal education, and informal educational participation, which I would say such as listening to a podcast like mine or listening to different lectures or researching things related to an education related to an idea but not included in the formal participation. Then we look at the area of occupation of work, labor or exertion related to the development, production, delivery, or management of objects or services. Benefits may be financial or non-financial, such as social connectedness, contributions to society, structure and routine to daily life. And this comes from Christensen and Townsend in 2010 and Dorsey et al. in 2019. So things in work are such like employment interests and pursuits employment seeking and acquisition, job performance and maintenance, retirement preparation and adjustment, volunteer exploration, volunteer participation. Just because you don't get paid for your work doesn't mean that it's not real work. You think about all the people who are retired and they have a functional crisis in their life because they're lacking the structure, the routine, the work, the work or role of the work in their life. So a lot of times it's recommended that they help out that they do volunteer, they do something, they do contribute, they, they do something with their time, whether working in a garden or as a greeter in Walmart or as in a school a volunteer or in a hospital a volunteer or in the library as a volunteer, something to do with their time. It's really good to use your skills and to still stay active for many reasons, but besides for just having work, even volunteer work is really good to have in a person's life. So what's the difference between play and leisure? So play are activities that are intrinsically motivated, internally controlled, and freely chosen, and that may include suspension of reality, like fantasy, exploration, humor, risk-taking, contents, and celebrations. And we were talking from Scarred and Bunny in 2008, and Eberl in 2014, and Sutton Smith in 2009. Play is a complex and multidimensional phenomenon that is shaped by sociocultural factors, and it is something that could have rules and it involves play exploration and play participation. So I think when you play Monopoly and it has rules, it more likely falls under play than leisure. Because leisure is defined as non-obligatory activity that is intrinsically motivated and engaged in during discretionary time. That is time not committed to obligatory occupations such as work, self-care, or sleep. 
and it has exploration and participation also for leisure. When I think leisure, I think reading a book. It doesn't really have any rules to it. You just open it and read. But something like Monopoly actually has rules. You have the banker. You have to give out X amount of money. You have to roll a certain number. If you roll this number, you might get the middle. You might go to jail. You need to pay X amount to buy properties. And you have to pay X amount if you land on properties. A lot of rules. So I think of that as play rather than leisure. That's my um, differentiation. And then you think about the last one, you know, social participation. And this one they added, I believe, in this updated one. It's activities that involve social interaction with others, including family, friends, peers, and community members, and that support social interdependence. That comes from Bedell, 2012, Kitani and Koster, 2019, and Magassi and Hamill, 2004. So that's community participation, family participation, friendships, partner relationships, and peer group participation. So this is just a little bit of wetting your feet, giving you a little bit of an idea of what is occupation, what does it mean to live occupationally? We want to give the skills on this show and in general in OT to have a person be involved in their life, you know, using the skills they need, that you need, or they need to live independently, carry on those desired lifestyles, carry on those desired tasks, especially in those nine areas of occupation. So let's talk, God willing, next time some ethics and core values that we live by, we try to live by, Blinader, in OT land, here on OT Talk with Mr. T. And I'm your host, Mr. T.